0: Let's get ready to study God's Word. Greetings to one and all. Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and today's devotional study is entitled Moved with Compassion. Please visit our podcast page, BibleStudy.asbzone.com, where you can find links to our previous episodes, our Bible study resources, and much more, including over a dozen ways to access our podcast, such as Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Our verse for this study is Matthew 9:35 and 36. And here's what it says. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Before we get into this study, let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mercy, your goodness, your love to us. We thank you for the opportunity to dig into your word. We invite your presence to be with us and help us that we'll rightly divide your words of truth. In Jesus' name, Amen. Moved with Compassion. In the New Testament, we have a number of places where Christ is moved with compassion. Jesus had compassion on them, and touched their eyes, and immediately their eyes received sight, and they followed him. That's Matthew 20, 34. To a leper, Mark 1, it says, And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and said unto him, I will be thou clean. When, when he was about to feed the 5,000, Mark 8, 2, it says, I have compassion on the multitude because they have been now with me these three days and have nothing to eat. Jesus has compassion. Why is that important for us? What's the big deal, mood with compassion? As I was studying this week, as I've been looking at at circumstances of life all the things that we're dealing with i notice that too many of god's people who are preaching or teaching sharing the gospel in some way shape or form are we're, we're frustrated or at least we behave like we're frustrated with people's reception right people are skeptical People are stubborn. Uh, People are resistant. We seem like we are in that mode where Moses was annoyed with the people right at the end, where he ended up striking the rock twice. He said, "Ye rebels, must we fetch water for you from the rock? The Lord gave Moses a... A very important mission. And before Moses got that mission, the Lord had him in the wilderness tending sheep for 40 years. 40 years. And why? The sheep shepherd metaphor is used considerably throughout the Bible. Tending sheep, sheep are defenseless, they're not able to deal with a lot by themselves. They really need a caretaker. You can have a flock of wild goats. A flock of wild sheep is not, not so, not such a common phenomena. And sheep need a shepherd. They need someone to attend them. They're always doing really dumb things. They get hurt. They get lost. They, they do things that are, that are not good. And Christ is our great shepherd. He has to deal with us who do these foolish things and yet he's always compassionate towards us. The Bible does record the Lord being grieved at different times but it records far more often that he was moved with compassion. As God's people, we need to be compassionate and we need to exhibit that compassion in a number of different ways. One, there are people that we have in our communities, our neighborhoods, our our friends, our relatives, people that we're trying to share the gospel with. And it can be frustrating that they're not getting it, that they're not accepting it, that they're they're reluctant, that they're skeptical, that they're rebellious even. But we need to be gracious to them the way that we want God to be gracious to us. Right? The way that we want God to be gracious to us. In Matthew 18, Jesus gives a parable. And the parable came about because Peter asked him, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Seven times. That's in Matthew 18, verse 21. In 22, Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants and when he had begun to reckon one was brought unto him which owed him ten thousand talents but for as much as he had not to pay his lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made the servant therefore fell down and worshipped him saying lord have patience with me and i will pay thee all Then the lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants which owed him a hundred pence. Okay, Now a hundred pence is far less than ten thousand talents. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, Pay me what thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servant saw what was done, they were very sorry, and they came and told their lord, told unto their lord all that was done. Then his lord, after he had called him, said unto him, O oh, thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. Okay? So what is the lesson to be learned there? Many of us forget how merciful the Lord has been with us, and and is being with us. Is being with us. It's not like we don't have issues that are ongoing. We have not attained. So we forget how the Lord is merciful with us. And when we see other people who are not getting it, who are not listening to us, who are struggling with whatever area that they're struggling with, or who are resistant to the gospel, we get irate as though the Lord came to us and said, Here's the gospel. And we said, oh, Lord, I accept it. I will turn away from everything that I've ever done wrong and will follow you always. We act as though that was our experience and therefore we just don't even understand this idea of taking time and and being slow and falling back on occasion. We don't have compassion. right? We are not moved with compassion. We're not moved with compassion in other ways. We don't see the people around us who are about to perish. And we don't realize that we should be more urgently activated on their behalves to bring the gospel to them so that they at least have a chance to make a decision for the kingdom. So we're not moved with compassion. We don't look at them as being leaderless, rudderless, um, unaware of their impending danger. We're not moved with compassion. We take the mercy that God gives us, but we don't extend that mercy to others. We're frustrated when we find people in circumstances that are not appropriate, and we don't understand why they struggle with them. We should be grateful that God has given us discernment to see things, both spiritually and even from a social perspective when we recognize the great controversy, when we recognize how all of these things that are happening on the earth now are conspiring against God and his people, when we recognize that there's oppression in so many different ways that is undermining and discouraging so many people, instead of being upset with those people, even instead of being upset with the people who have perpetrated it, because that's not productive, even being upset with the people that have perpetrated it is not that helpful, unless it leads you to very positive actions on behalf of the oppressed. Being upset with the people who don't get how downtrodden they have been, when people have been systematically downtrodden, think about Moses leading the children of Israel out of the oppression that they were under and consider that he had the benefit of not being part of the system like that there's not a whole lot of good that comes out of him being under Egyptian education right let's be honest if if the Egyptian education was that good the Lord would not have stuck him for the wilderness in the wilderness to watch sheep for 40 years to undo a lot of that but there were certain things that him being under that system helped him to not have the same negative mindset that many of his people had. If you look at the children of Israel as they came out of, of Egypt, their minds were back to Egypt quite often. Every time something came up, any obstacle that came up, they're like, oh, if we were only back in Egypt... They were willing to go back into bondage because at least they understood it than they were to forge ahead in freedom and liberation because they didn't understand it. Moses, rather than being mad at them, right? Because the only times we see Moses mad is on behalf of God when it's, when it is God who they're defying or when he makes the mistake at the end and ends up smiting the rock twice. Moses instead, we see him more often interceding with God on the people's behalf. Moses recognizes that the people have a problem. And Moses is more intent on helping the people, even though they don't realize how much help they need. Moses was moved with compassion. He acted from a position of understanding the trials that they had and bearing long with them, because of the oppression that they had gone through and how slow they were to understand how insidious it was. All of that idolatry and everything that they picked up in Egypt, right? That's why the golden calf thing. Why do you think they asked, Hey, this man Moses, we don't know where he is. We don't know what's going on with that. You got to do something, right? Make us gods that will go before us. They, after hearing the majesty of God proclaim his Ten Commandments before them and, and reiterate to them that he had brought them out of Egyptian bondage, they put themselves back under bondage to Egyptian false gods. But Moses, while he was not happy about that when he came down the mountain, he was more concerned, he was moved with compassion for them because even though he was not happy with them even though he had to execute tough judgment against them he went back to the Lord and prayed for their forgiveness which if he was really mad at them he wouldn't have done anything okay he was moved with compassion so the lesson for us is this when we are trying to help our brethren socially and spiritually, which, by the way, should be intertwined, right? The Bible also directs us to help our brethren socially. Socially and spiritually. We should recognize that while God may have given us discernment to understand the nature of the problem that we're dealing with, some of the folks we're trying to help may not be there yet. And rather than be mad at them, rather than be discouraged by how blind they appear to be, we should be strengthening, encouraging, helping them to get to a place where they can have at least the discernment that was given to us. We should not be so quick to write them off. We should not be so quick to be annoyed by their desire to head back to Egyptian bondage, we should not be so quick by their whining and complaining and disgruntled attitude. We should not be so quick to forget that for some amount of time we were also in blindness and did not see the scope and magnitude of either our social or spiritual condition. By God's grace, we should be moved with compassion to help them. We should recognize that they are leaderless. We should recognize the fact that they are struggling, that they don't get it, that they don't see it, that they don't have the stamina or the endurance to get to that next level yet. And we should do like Jesus did. Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. May the Lord grant us patience. May the Lord help us that as we instruct that we don't anticipate instant results Christ didn't get instant results in his ministry he had a lot of people that were following him but they a lot of them didn't get it they followed him because of the loaves and fishes they followed him because of the healing but they didn't get it it's not till the day of Pentecost that a batch of them even asked about the spiritual realities what must we do to be saved It's not until the day of Pentecost. And Pentecost is when? 10 days after Christ has ascended, which is 40 days, right? He was, after his resurrection, he was with them 40 days, and then 10 days after that is Pentecost. So 50 days from the resurrection is when we have this great baptism, this preaching, where the people get their spiritual condition and their need of a Savior prior to this Jesus had what would look like mixed success there were multitudes that followed him but their theological um, their theological understanding was not that good and in many cases they had only a view to his his being the, the son of David and um, and overthrowing the Roman rule that was their great focus if not hey, I can be healed, and we can have the bread and fish whenever we need it. So it took a while. We should not expect faster results than Christ received. We need to have the right attitude as we minister to those around us, both from a spiritual perspective and from a social perspective. Because the things that we're fighting against, the spiritual warfare Which is the source behind the physical warfare, right? All of the oppression that we are seeing bubbling to the surface in society is because of the spiritual conflict, right? That's an outgrowth of the spiritual conflict. We need to understand that we need to be patient there. Yes, time is ending; it's moving swiftly, but we don't know what that what that means in a in a practical sense. We don't know if that means a year, two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years. We don't know what that means. We know that in terms of the long-term history of the earth, it is soon. We can see the signs. We've been given warnings in Matthew 24 and in uh, Luke 21. And so we can know that the end is near and that there's greater urgency today than there was yesterday and this week than there was last week. But we don't know the exact timing. So we need to operate with as much urgency as we can while not losing compassion because God knows the timing. God knows how fast he needs to move people. He knows how fast his spirit will move them. We need to be patient. We need to remember that we're dealing with sheep. And I say that in, in a positive way. The sheep is used as a derogatory term now, but biblically, Christians should prefer to be sheep than goats. Okay? Okay. Read Matthew 23 and look and see if you want to be considered a sheep or a goat. So being a sheep in the context of spiritual things is not negative at all. But we need to recognize that we are, um, it is sheep that we're trying to to help. And they can be slow. And they can be not seeing the big picture. And they can be struggling with the realities around them. We need to be patient. We need to be moved with compassion and we need to operate in a very christ-like way and we need to recognize that just as moses needed that preparation of 40 years working with the sheep to grant him the patience to move appropriately with god's people we need to make sure that we take that time um, and don't be like this servant in matthew 18 who receive all of this benefit from God in terms of forgiveness, and we're unwilling to uh, bestow that upon those with whom we come in contact with, with our fellow brethren and sisters. It's important that not only within the church, not only with among other believers, but to those on the outside that we are trying to reach, that we exhibit patience and are moved with compassion again matthew nine thirty five and thirty six says and Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having No shepherd. Let's close with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your goodness and your love to us. We ask you to help us as those that have been given spiritual insight and spiritual eyesight, that you'll help us to be patient, help us to have the mind of Christ, help us that we will look upon others and be moved with compassion and not act like we were born in heaven without any of the frailties which we frequently exhibit. Please bless us, help us to be kind and compassionate and tender and patient with those that we are trying to help either encourage or to come to a saving knowledge of the truth. These and other mercies we ask, forgive us for all of those times that we have done it wrong, and help us, Lord, that we will do it right by your grace moving forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. Please feel free to contact us via email at biblequestions at Whether you have questions, comments, or concerns, we look forward to hearing from you. If you are finding this channel to be a blessing, please take the time to share our page with others and always keep our ministry in your prayers. Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you prayerfully study His Word.